0: by the bearded
1: barley? What do you think she
0: says? <laughs> Not bearded barley, man. I'm going to find it out now because
1: that's always Kiss what I thought it Kiss me by the was. bearded
0: barley. Yeah.
1: The pistachio, The bearded barley. The bearded barley. Kiss me out of the bearded barley nightly beside the green, green grass. Swing, swing. Swing, swing. Swing the spinning step. You wear those shoes and I will wear that dress. Oh your guilty pleasure, and we are happy you're
0: rocking with us on a guilty pleasure Friday. And, um, Matt, before the break, well, a little Tom Cruise action on the text line Tom Cruise is the nickelback of actors.
1: Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> slander. Slander and lies, my friend. The nickelback. Man, that's just well, pathetic. I, how's, pathetic. How, how's that wrong? Well, how, well, Tom Cruise is is to a lot
0: of people a little bit corny. A little bit corny is no. that what he is? He jumped up on the seat with Oprah. It's like, ah, yeah, but that's
1: years ago, man. It doesn't that that doesn't apply.
0: That's years ago. The songs we make fun of Nickelback that was years in ago. The
1: Scientology phase. Don't even worry is about. Is he not that. in that phase anymore? I don't know what not he either. is or what he isn't. You know. <laughs> Okay, that's. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to Is that Nickelback? No, he's he's not Nickelback. No. Okay, I like. I mean, do you like Nickelback? I do not. Really, you're no. not a Nickelback guy. I am not. If today is your last day. Never made it as a wise man. Photograph. Couldn't cut it as a poor man. What the hell was that on Jimmy's head? You know. Yeah. No. Come. No. Sorry. Uh
0: okay. No.
1: No. Well, I don't mind Nickelback.
0: Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I don't mind <laughs> I Nickelback. I can tell. I don't.
1: That's why. And you also love Tom Cruise. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Now I see how the rest of this hour is going to go. That's good. a that's a tough tone to set there. But all right. It's a tough tone. Let's see if he can bounce back. Just like the Broncos. Right? Ready to bounce back.
0: Sean Payton's in town. The offensive genius. Did you know? And I know you do cuz you read the article, the Seth Wickersham article. What a piece. What a piece. What a piece. Um I thought it was good, well written. Yeah, gave well some insight there into our head coach and and the existential drama he's going through very existential right yeah like but um in the middle of training camp here with the broncos just a couple of weeks ago he took a quote deep dive and watched every single touchdown of the saints era 807 of them Mm -hmm. which was the most in the nfl during that stretch why do you think he did that glory days <laughs> you no, know, I'm serious. In the middle of a training camp, you're focused buddy, on your team, and you're going to take a deep dive and watch 807 touchdowns from
1: freaking two decades ago to figure out what the secret sauce was that made everything go so well, and how he could sprinkle a little bit of that here in Denver because it's not off to as maybe as swimming of a start as he anticipated. You think so? He's a little. He's I don't a little know. You concerned. tell me. You tell me. If you're a player. Okay. And you're sitting in that meeting room and your coach comes in, shows you a bunch of cut ups from your joint practice and tells you how bad you were and how these pre snap penalties will kill you. Mm -hmm. And then in the same meeting, he then pulls up his own highlights of a bunch of touchdowns in New Orleans and plays them for you and then tells you that these weren't bleeping touchdowns by accident. Is that resonating with you or not? It's like the redheaded steps. Child who yeah. is look at look at Billy. Yeah. Billy's doing everything look, right. He's got straight A's. He puts his clothes away too. Valedictorian, what are you doing? That's right. So how wh- wh- how is you? I feel like as a player, I'd be like, okay, great, coach, thanks. Um, I don't. Okay, I don't. It, right, well, works. good. You were the player.
0: It depends to the extent to which he's harping on the good old days with the Saints. Some coaches play plays for you that have worked in their last stop because that's the only example they have of that play working and they Mm -hmm. want you to show they want you to show you what it looks like when it works perfectly i think that's great you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and conversely if you sucked someday at practice your coach should tell you that he should call you out if he has a standard no qualms there right but what you're saying is that like there's a a feeling being created that like you guys are never going to be what (laughs) my old guys
1: were especially because half the coaching staff was with him in new orleans Right? I mean, you were talking about not hyping, you know, not harping on the glory days too much. Dude, that's half the building. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe at some point, if the team isn't gelling, then maybe that doesn't do what you intended it to do. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Well our
0: first look at this team and whether or not they actually are gelling the starters We we'll find out uh, the superstars. We are fixing to find out uh, on Sunday mm-hmm. at Powerfield field. And there's a certain player who I think is going to be crucial to the Broncos offensive success. Do you know who that guy is? God, there's so many of them. He, okay. He's the fulcrum, the fulcrum, the hinge, the hinge. Well, between the running game, and the passing
1: game. I'd probably say Russell. Well, that's wrong? a wrong? Yes, yes, you are. Okay, Greg Dulcich. I'm sorry, Greg Dulcich is just the fulcrum of the Broncos' offense, the hinge, the fulcrum, <laughs> because the tight end is where point A meets the, point
0: B, the hinge between the running game and the passing game. Right. Okay. You you can have running what about back, Adam Troutman? Well, I just don't think he has the, the 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 ability in the in the in the passing game to do the things that Greg Dulcich can. Okay, and to take advantage of of this very weak Raiders secondary mm-hmm. because they suck, they suck defensively. They do. Okay, they're actually bot- bottom half still in the running. This is last year, of course, twenty twenty two. They weren't very good stopping the run last year, but they were really bad stopping the pass. Okay, seemed to stop Russell. Okay, yes, that's true. Mm. That's true. You make a good point, but this is this is a new operation. Once in a while, it's a new operation, man. Okay, new sheriff. Okay, And I don't know if you know, but in his 16 years in New Orleans, he scored 807 touchdowns himself. And
1: he'll sit down and show you every last one of them. So,
0: Greg Dulcich has the opportunity to light these guys up. Okay, But he has to be a believable blocker. He has to actually put his hat on somebody. And I don't mean walk up and place his fedora on someone's head. I mean, hit him! Right? But... Last year in 10 games, he caught 33 passes. He was the third leading receiver on this team in only 10 games. Had a great feel, in my opinion, for zones, for um, open spaces, for even man coverage, had nice instincts, can catch in the ball, can run, can get on his horse, as they say. Um, the reason why I call it a fulcrum or, or a hinge, the tight mm. end, not just Greg Dulcich, mm. but a, a, a good tight end, you can have a running back who can't catch. You can have a receiver who can't block. You can't have a tight end who can't do both or else it severely limits what you can do on offense, right? So I think that Greg Dulcich has the opportunity to have like six or seven catches for like 80 to 90, maybe even 100 yards in a tugboat.
1: How do you feel about that? Out of which position, in which utilization? Because I think there's another conversation there. The Broncos right now, as it stands, if Judy does not play on Sunday, and it's trending like there's a shot that he could play on Sunday. I don't want him to play. Don't play, Jerry. Don't do it. Isn't it all hands on deck here? No. It, no,
0: it's not. It is not all hands on deck. This is game one of a 17-week season. Well, what happens if you get off to a slow start? <sighs> what, 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 what? This is so funny, man. This must-win chatter is hilarious. It's hilarious. It is H-I-larious, I man. didn't say
1: must-win. I just said what happens if you get off to a slow start? You just said all hands on deck. Is it not? No. To get out of the not mud of last healthy. year? You want to you want to rip that thing
0: off the bone and make it a, a, a permanent injury here, or do you want to to get him back on the field when his when he's healthy?
1: If Jerry says he's good to go, then I would put him out there. I get your point because the cautionary tale is the Cooper Cup situation, which the Rams are currently nerve dealing Nerve issue.
0: He's having a nerve issue now. <laughs> and that's what happens if you. If you keep pushing a hamstring that won't heal, it turns into a nerve issue
1: that never goes away. But if you don't have Judy, you have three active receivers. So you've got Sutton, Mims, and Brandon Johnson. As far as healthy active wide receivers, well, you're going to have to have more than just one. They'll bring somebody up from the back. You're going to have to bring up two. You'd probably have to bring up little Jordan Humphrey and who else? You don't need five active receivers. You don't? No, you do not. Actually, I played in plenty of games when we only had four active receivers. How many teams are on the NFL right now in 2023 you think have four active? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. No, I've been the fourth receiver in a, in a game, and I'm playing special teams.
0: That was like 40 years ago. It's not different. Look, dude, it's not different. Okay. The, 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 the Fed <laughs> Thank you. Johnny. <laughs> come on, man. I thought we were friends. Um, the fifth receiver does not get action on, uh, on sure. the offense. Sure. What if somebody goes down? Then you change. Then you go tiger. You don't go three receiver stuff, and that's why Greg Dulcich is so important. That's where I was going with is because you are depleted at receiver. He is kind of a a bigger receiver, whatever. So you can do your two tight end sets and and treat him like a receiver. You should be able to run the same play out of any personnel group, right? Whether it's three receivers on the field, one tight end, one back, two receivers, two tight ends, one back. Two backs, two receivers, one tight end. No matter what the personnel group is, you should be able to run the same plays. And that's really like the advanced level offense uh, that happens in the NFL. Sure. They can dis- they can run the same play out of like 10 different ways, disguise it, but still get you. If you can't stop this play, we'll do it a different way. You don't know we're doing it. Boom, we did it. You, you
1: didn't do it. You didn't stop it. Now you see me. Now you don't. Right. Greg Dulcich, I think, has the opportunity to provide the Broncos, or at least for Sean Payton, to soften maybe a little bit of what they don't have necessarily in that wide receiver room right now, you can use utilize him as that asset. Can't you split him out wide? Yeah. And can't no, you no, use him in be. the Kelsey role? Absolutely. I think that's how you have to absorb some of the blow from not having Patrick and maybe not having Judy in week one. But uh, what I need from Greg Dulcich is just to put your hat on somebody
0: one time, make an effective block, put it on tape, and from that Point forward, people will see you as a believable blocker, but you got to smash somebody. You got to smash somebody early in the game. You got to run right through them. You got to turn yourself into a missile, put your
1: head. Didn't he have a whole preseason to do that? The games are different, man. Okay.
0: Yeah. Speaking of games, there's a lot of other NFL games going on this week. Some really interesting games. Some big ones. Which ones do you think are most intriguing? I'm going to ask you that next.
1: It's a Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's the Players Club.
0: Now, with all due respect to my partner, Chad Brown, this guy is a Chad. He's like a
1: Kroger. He's a Chad. Kroger brand. They have some some bangers, man You're a hater Because It's like That's how you deliver something Right there There you go It's a little catchy A little catchy How long do you think You could sing like this Before you This is less catchy Than Kadarius Toney oh!
0: I kid I kid the Nickelback fans Keep rocking it, guys, and enjoy your Tom Cruise movies. You are. Because <laughs> it all You're a piece together. of work, my friend. Piece of work, yeah. you are. All right. Um, hey, NFL starts now. Last night. Last night, the Chiefs losing to the Detroit Lions. Who would have thought? At home, at Giants. Yes. Apparently you. I did. I, I did pick the Lions. Uh, I'm not going to lie about it. Off I, to I, a great I, spot. Wow. Well, look, I mean, the Lions... Aside from the Chiefs, you know, uh, Super Bowl hangover, mm-hmm. right? Travis Kelsey out, Chris Clark out, and Eric Bien- Chris Jones, Jones. Chris, Jones. Oh, Chris Jones. Chris Clark. Chris Jones gone. Mm-hmm. Eric Biennemi gone. I-, I think that's an underestimated sort of— I mean, Maybe he wasn't the one calling the str- plays or pulling the well, strings, yeah. but he's involved in that triangle between Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Eric Biennemi. It was an open line of communication. It was a dynamic that worked. Right, he may have been abrasive, he may have been a jerk, but his mind was involved, and he definitely set a tone. And now you got Matt Nagy, and, and we all saw what he did in Chicago. Right? Not you don't want Matt Nagy. <laughs> but then he he was coming back to Kansas City. He was there prior, right?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, as a as a Bears fan, yeah, you
1: feel that. Yeah, I felt that the third and one last night with uh, Blake Bell, you know, faking the sneak and then handing it off to Rishi Rice getting tackled it looked like Andrew Beck running the fullback option it was just. I couldn't believe they called that. You're right up there, man. It's third and one. What do you have, like a over 70% ch- What is it? I think it might even be like 92% chance of converting a quarterback sneak. Yeah, a little too cute. I mean, I know it's Mahomes, and I know that, you know, he's had his kneecap displaced in the past. Mm. But at a certain point, uh, a little tush-push. A little tush-push. Oh, how about Blake Bell? Tush-push Blake Bell. You think Blake Bell's not falling forward for a yard? Yeah. It wasn't like it was a long yard either.
0: Yeah. I mean, they were right there. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you saw it last night. Great way to start the season. you got to give credit to the Lions,
0: though. They they ended last season as one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I think they won, what, f- six out of seven, four straight. It wasn't eight of their last ten. Could it have yeah. And then uh, didn't get into the playoffs, but played like a playoff team. Well, they were right there with a chance to get yeah.
1: in. Yeah, Had Green Bay lost the week before, because right. I think they played in the final week of the season. And they beat Green Bay. And they held Green Bay out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, So
0: clearly ending last season with some confidence and as Dan Campbell said in his post-game speech, "We believed, guys. And we're built we believed sh- we were we're built for this sh- stuff. Shut the front door. You know, a mm-hmm. um, lot of interesting matchups this weekend as well. Though, uh, Johnny, can we hit that? Uh, you know what? Mm. Yeah. All right, Here, I, And I'm going to gauge your interest level in these matchups, and if you have anything to say on these, or if it's just like, hey, whatever."
1: Uh, oh, yeah, that m- sounds like me. First yeah. matchup, we got Carolina and at, at Atlanta. Should be an interesting game. Desmond Ritter versus Bryce Young. Atlanta's a three-and-a-half-point favorite, deservedly so. They're going to be able to run the football this year with B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier. Desmond Ritter, though, jury's still way out there for me. I like Atlanta in this game. Carolina... <laughs> They're struggling with health in their wide receiver room. I'm not exactly sure who Bryce Young is even going to have to throw to. So give me the Falcons, and yeah, I'll lay the three and a half.
0: Boom. All right, we got Cincinnati at Cleveland, a division rival game. Um, You can get into that game for as low as $114 there. How do you see that playing
1: out? (laughs) That's the get-in price there? It is. In Cleveland? It is. Uh, how do I see that game playing out? Cleveland is going to be one of my surprise teams this year. I know Deshaun didn't look good in the surprise, preseason. They suck so bad, or surprised because they're surprised because they're actually better than you think they are. Okay, they've got they've got enough pieces to be a productive offense so long as Deshaun can put it together. Now he didn't have a great preseason, but the Bengals are also coming off a preseason where Joe Burrow missed a significant chunk of time. By the way, that same Joey B. Two hundred and seventy-five M's. He just signed an extension. Is that yesterday? It? Fifty-five a year. Fifty-five a year. Wow. Nice math, by the way. Or did you know that ahead of time? No, that's pretty
0: simple. I mean, are you sure? Yeah, because two fifty for five years is is fifty per year. Yeah,
1: yeah. Two seventy-five minus two fifty is twenty-five. You okay, Ray. Right, man, look, I don't know what to tell you. I've got the Bengals in that game, but it's going to be right down to the wire, fourth quarter. Um, and Joey
0: B's fine. He's not hurt anymore or anything like that. He Joe says bro. he's ready to go. All right, we got Jacksonville at
1: Indianapolis. You can get into that game for 34 bucks. Yeah, Jacksonville at Indy. This is the chance for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson to come out and show us that they are on the path to something there in Jacksonville. Was last year a flash in the pan? I don't know. They added parlay Calvin Ridley, right? Hopefully that offense can be even more dynamic than it was at the end of the year. And I think Trevor Lawrence is in for a huge season. Give me the Jags. They're five-point favorite, and give me them big. Another huge addition to the Jags, Brandon McManus. b Mac. Uh,
0: Tampa Bay at Minnesota.
1: Ooh. Ugh. Baker Mayfield getting a start for Tampa here. He has looked awful all preseason. Mike Evans, I'm not exactly sure if he's going to play or if he's not going to play. Maybe the Chiefs even make a move for wide receiver Mike Evans. But the Vikings, they mm. lost a lot of pieces. They won Tons of games last year. In fact, an NFL record, I want to say 13 games by one score last year. I think the Vikings win at home to start the year. They're a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. No Dalvin Cook this year. They did just give TJ Hawkinson a big deal. Give me Captain Kirk at home. (laughs) All right, uh, Tennessee at New Orleans. This is uh, a battle of two teams that play in the two worst divisions in football, the AFC South and the NFC South thing is it's actually set up quite well for both of these teams if the titans can figure it out you got the andre hopkins how's that gonna look because last year tennessee did not have a passing offense new orleans Derek carr come on now i got new orleans winning the nfc south i've got new orleans with a big bounce back year and to prove to you that Derek carr is a better player than jimmy garoppolo oh hey all right we we shall see you got the san francisco 49ers going on the road to pittsburgh Upset alert. Kenny Pickett, give me the year two jump, baby. They're two and a half point dogs at home. Are you kidding me? The steel curtain? Mike Tomlin. What is it? Heinz Field now? It's not Heinz anymore, right? Some corporate sponsor. Give me Mike Tomlin starting out the year with a win. Yeah, I know you Bay Area, Bay Area kids love your 49ers, but it's it's going to be a bit of a step back from what was a great year last year.
0: Well, the 49ers just signed Nick Bosa to a long, a big, a big deal as Finally. well, freeing up a lot of uh, room to renegotiate with their other stars. And they're at full strength, and Brock Purdy's ready to go. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. But it is Pittsburgh's is a very hard place to play. Mike is going to have him ready to play. We'll be J Watt's to see healthy how that goes. again too.
1: Um, all right, uh, Arizona, at Washington. Ooh. <sighs> Mark Schler is calling this game. Unfortunately, it's the worst game on the schedule. At least he's going to have a good scouting report to bring back to us for week two between the Broncos and the Commanders. Give me the Commanders. There's a lot of good positive momentum behind Sam Howell and in Arizona. I mean, I think the Buffs might stand a better chance than the Arizona Cardinals. Houston at Baltimore. Whew. Houston at Baltimore. What's interesting is Baltimore's a 10-point favorite in this game. I think in the last 18 Instances where you had a 10-point favorite in Week 1, teams were 5-12-1 and one against the spread, go ahead and I'll take Baltimore to cover. Even though the numbers say they probably won't, I think Lamar's due for a big season. He's got to prove a lot of doubters wrong. A lot of those non-believers. Ah, it's all
0: about belief. What about C.J. Stroud? What's your thought about how he's going to fare? I think a- he ends up looking like the best quarterback to come out of this draft class. I love it. Well, there's a few more games we're going to get into on the other side. It's a
1: Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's the Players Club.
0: All right, when you hear this song, you know what time it is. It's James Merillat time, James. Oh, this is great for James. James joins us. He's the senior editor at denversports.com on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. James, happy Friday and welcome to the show. Um, okay, so you are a guy who, when the schedule comes out, likes to look at the schedule and figure out what are the wins, what are the losses, and which are the must-wins. Because if you want to achieve X, you have to win this game or else. Yeah. Um, talk to me about, in that vein, the relevance of this game against Vegas. How important is it?
2: I think it's vital. I think you only have to look back to last year when, look, the Broncos went up to Seattle and actually played pretty well. They should have won the game. They moved the ball up and down the field. It's, you know, two fumbles at the one-yard line, which hadn't happened since the replacement games in the late 80s, and then a missed 64-yard field goal at the gun. Otherwise, they, they win that game, and they should have won it pretty handily. But, Nate, once the ball started rolling down the wrong side of the hill, the next week, the home opener, the first time Russell Wilson's ever been in front of the fans at Empower Field in orange and blue, they're getting booed off the field at halftime and the fans are doing the play clock countdown, right? So it doesn't take long for momentum to to build positively, as Sean Payton has talked about, or negatively. So I think just kind of getting that taste out of your mouth from last year, Russ showing that, hey, I am the guy everybody was excited about when when the trade was made. Sean Payton proving that yeah, you know what? I, I there is finally an adult in the room. I think it's vital that they get off to a good start, get a win, and get this thing rolling down the correct side of the hill. Otherwise, all that doubt and 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 wonder starts to creep back in. And who knows? Plus, you start off with two home games against the Raiders and the. Commanders, that's a good way to start. You got the Bears in the first four games, a team that would have had the first number one pick had they not traded away. You got to start three and one if you're going to do anything this year. Um, so I, like, I think it's, it's I think it's vital. I think I don't know if I'm going to say it's a must win like Mike Evans because to me that's hey you're out if you don't win. But boy is it big.
0: The the opposite can be true though too. Remember a couple years ago the Broncos had to start fast. They did three and zero with Teddy lost the, lost the next four and the season was pretty much done after that.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it certainly doesn't put him in a position where anything is guaranteed, but, um, it, you know, that that season, I mean, Vic Fangio knew, right? He had to beat the Giants, the Jets, and the Jags in the first three weeks. I think it was Giants, Jags, Jets, I think was the order, if he was going to have any shot of hanging around. And it ultimately didn't matter. It, it, it ultimately didn't produce a winning season, but um, it gave them a shot. It gave them a chance that it had things not – Gone a ride during that losing streak. Who knows what could have happened had they not had that loss to Cincinnati at home when Drew Locke fumbled on the, on the read option down in, in point blank range. I mean, they had a chance to beat a team there that uh, wound up going to the Super Bowl. So you just never know, but you gotta, to me, the positive start with a, with a new group is, uh, is super important. Just like we saw it down in Fort Worth last week with the Buffs. It's amazing what, uh, what momentum and hype will, uh, will come out of getting off to a good start.
1: Hey, Rocket. Matt Smith here. What's uh, up, man? What's up, buddy? I got a quick question for you about the Seth Wickersham piece. Th- yeah. There's tons to take out of this, and a lot of it, a lot of it necessarily isn't all that consequential as far as on-the-field stuff goes. What, what, what's your biggest takeaway from that piece? And, and Sean Payton, yet again, bringing a national reporter in to do a, a long feature expose.
2: Well, I mean, I, I think the biggest takeaway for me has always been this about Sean Payton, and, and I don't mean this as a negative, but it's going to sound like it. Sean Payton loves him some Sean Payton. He really does. Mm. And you know what? I think to some extent this team needed that. They needed a little arrogance and swagger, and I know what in the heck I'm doing, and I'm in charge, and you're not, and I, what, what what I say is going to go. And if you think back, I mean, Mike Shanahan was clearly that way. I think in a more understated way, Gary Kubiak was that way. I mean, Gary Kubiak, in a meaningless game at the end of the season, refused to play Paxton Lynch even though his boss wanted him to. I mean, that's, that's being pretty stubborn and obstinate and, hey, I'm in charge, I'm running the show. Uh, you know, he kept Peyton Manning on the bench for four or five weeks. So where Peyton Manning is, you know, flipping him off on the cameras that are in the field house, I, I think that's kind of my takeaway from it, Matt, is he's that guy. And I I think to be a successful head coach in the NFL, for the most part, you have to be a type A personality. You're kind of a control freak. It's all about the details. You know, you very rarely come across a successful head coach in the NFL who's Jerry Glanville, right? Mm. Who's just the life of the party and everybody loves him. And, he, you know, he's just kind of delegating to everybody to let them handle all the little things. Like, that just doesn't work. And Sean Payton is the kind of guy that typically has success in the NFL. A little bit maniacal, probably doesn't have his priorities, at least based on how the rest of the world works, in the right place. But, man, if you need somebody to coach your football team, that's what you want.
0: So this is Rivalry Week, James, and uh, Deion Sanders leaning into it, talking about he's aware that it's rivalry, and he's excited to hear more about it and wants to embrace it. Sean Payton has gone the other way, saying, hey, man, every every divisional opponent's important. We're trying to get a win. I don't think of rivalries in the NFL. I think of those in college. Um, I read a story about the Chicago Bears in advance of their game against the Green Bay Packers. They do a rookie development day one day a week. And this week in their rookie development day, they were given a deep dive tutorial as to the rivalry between the Bears and the Packers. So clearly some pro teams see these as rivalries and want their players to embrace it as well. You've been a Broncos fan for a long time, James. Could you talk a little bit about your memories of this rivalry?
2: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the earliest memory I have. is the 1977 AFC Championship game, which was played January 1st, 1978 at Old Mile High Stadium. And that's Tom Jackson running by the bench and telling, John Madden, hey, it's all over, fat man. And, and you know, up until that point, from the, the time both teams came into the AFL in 1960, the Raiders had just worked the Broncos. It was, you know, if they didn't sweep them every year, it was a, it was a surprise. Denver went into Oakland earlier that year, 130-7. to seven. Jim Turner, the kicker, caught a touchdown on a fake field goal, and that kind of put the Broncos on the, the national map of, hey, maybe they're for real because the Raiders were the defending Super Bowl champs. That year, Denver went in there and won. They won the AFC title game here, and then since then, there's been a ton of great moments. It's Lester Hayes throwing Vance Johnson down to the the turf and trying to poke his eyes out. It's Lincoln Kennedy going into the East stands trying to figure out who threw the snowball at him. It's Darren McFadden running for, geez, it felt like fourteen touchdowns in a fifty nine to fourteen win for the Raiders here that ultimately got Josh McDaniels fired. People can say it was Spygate too. It was it was that game. It's just the, the memories go on and on and on. I've i been to games in L.A., in the Coliseum, and I was a kid at the time and the, and had policemen come up to my dad and say, hey, you might, you might want to get your family out of here. And I've been to games at Oakland Alameda Coliseum when I was working for the team, and security made us all stay in one place until the crowd had cleared before we left to try to get to the bus. It's a rivalry to the fans. So... I think Sean Payton should lean into that. I think he should learn. I think he pulled a little bit of a hack this week with the, Hey, all the games in the West are the same. No, they're not. They're not. And embracing that and leaning into it would not be a mistake. It wouldn't put overemphasis on it. Ultimately you're, you're out there trying to entertain the fans and to the people that you're trying to entertain, this is a rivalry. So yeah, I, I I see the silver and black and it gets the blood boiling just like when I see the the red and white uh, this this weekend when the when the Buffs play Nebraska. I don't care if Nebraska stinks; it always is a, a big game for me, and they can't go beat them by enough.
1: That's yeah. right, James. That's right. Pound them in the ground.
2: That's right, James, Listen, it, husk the, that cord. Wanna, it, Prior to last Saturday, the the last big win for the Buffs was sixty-two to thirty-six in two thousand one, up in Boulder over the over Nebraska. You know what ticks me off about that game, Matt? What's that? The Buffs took a knee at the one-yard line and didn't <laughs> get been Chris 70. Brown a seven touchdown and hang 70 <laughs> on it. That's what they should have done. Score the touchdown, yeah. go for two, and hang 70 on the program that has beaten you up for decades. That's what you do.
1: All right, one, one quick one before you have to go. Do style points matter for the Buffs this year? Someone asked me that the other day. Someone said, I want a 50-burger against Nebraska. No, and I said, no. I don't think they matter this year.
2: It does. And, and look, the, the the difference from week one to week two is always crazy, right? It's more in the NFL that you see wacky results in week one that don't necessarily mean anything. It's the Saints beating the Packers 38-3 to a couple of years ago, and then Aaron Rodgers goes on to win the MVP. So, you know, the, the week one to week two thing, Nebraska could be significantly better, and the Buffs could be significantly worse. Who knows? I think it's going out and just stringing together wins. This is still a team coming off a one-win campaign. I said it last Friday when I was on with Mac. My expectation is a bowl game. They've risen now. I, I think the bowl game is you know closer mm. to the end of December than the middle of December now. But uh, go out and just rack up wins. you got to get to six. That's the first goal. So this is a week you should uh, you should get number two. What time are you getting there tomorrow? <laughs> Man, I'm coaching sixth grade football. Oh. Dude, I had a dozen tickets. A dozen. And then when it was announced at 10 a.m., I sold them. Because I, I, have, I have three kids tomorrow that play at oh. 9.00. 11 and 2. I'm not going to be able to watch him. I sold him. If I'd have kept him another couple of weeks, I was going to say, a money. Uh, I was gonna say you,
0: that's a lot of money you lost, James. I know it. I know oh, it. Dirty dozen. Thank you, James. Appreciate All it, buddy. Right. See you, fellas. Have a good weekend. There he goes, James Merylatt, senior editor at DenverSports.com on the Johnson Auto Plaza Hotline. Yeah, on the ramoslaw.com text line uh, I'm a delivery driver and just had a different delivery driver shout F the Broncos at me unprovoked. He was wearing Raiders gear. The rivalry is very much alive. I'm not even wearing Broncos. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not even a Broncos fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like football. Um, all right, so we're going to do our picks. We're going to do our picks here, Matt. And also, I'm going to give you guys one reason why Russell Wilson is going to look a lot better this year. And it's a real reason. Stick around. That's next. <laughs>
1: The Bud Light Football Friday. Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Here's the Players Club. Raiders suck. Raiders suck. We're gonna kick off Raiders' butts. Ah! Yeah. Raiders do suck, man. That's well, why beat be the Broncos six times in a row, man.
0: But Today is a new day, and Sunday will be a new day as well. Before we get into these predictions, I have a question for you, Mr. Smarty Pants. Mm. I stumbled across a pretty cool tweet by an NFL guy um, talking about uh, this one particular college roster Mm. from one particular year. It now has the highest paid. Well, it's going to be easy, but it's 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 very interesting. The highest paid quarterback ever on it. Highest paid wide receiver ever. Highest paid running back ever. Highest paid edge player ever. Highest paid cornerback ever. Top five highest paid offensive tackle
1: ever. All right. Well, Joe Burrow clearly because he just got the massive deal that made him the highest paid NFL player of all time. So it's five million dollars a year. So it's either LSU or Ohio State, and and you said the highest paid. Wide receiver ever.
0: Oh. But then it's also the highest paid edge ever.
1: Uh, Is this inaccurate? Feels like maybe that. I don't know, because Justin Jefferson hasn't gotten paid yet. So to me, couldn't be LSU. Is that Ohio State? It's Ohio State. There you go. 2015, man.
0: 2015. A little early trivia on a Friday. All right. So I tease that there is a. Well, something that I'm going to tell you is going to. Make you more comfortable with Russell Wilson. That's right. That's right. And yeah. the job that he's going to do. Now we're going to make our picks in this big AFC West matchup here in Denver at Empower Field. By the way, the jumbotron is brand new. Oh, it's brand spanking new. Bigger than Mount Rushmore. It's very large. And it only took him, what four months
1: to build it. Some say impressive. Mount Rushmore. Fourteen years. Is that right? Fourteen. Yeah, I looked it up. If there were a fourth face wow. for Mount Rushmore,
0: there are four faces. Oh, okay. I was on the other side. I almost yeah. saw three. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. It's
1: okay. Yeah. You're just saying if there Ooh. were a fifth face? Well, I thought it was four because, like I said, when I was standing there. There are four. Like, but, like I said, when I was standing there, I was on the other side of it, so I couldn't see the fourth, so, you know. Okay, okay. Moving on.
0: Russell Wilson's top three receivers from last year are back this year. Kendall Hinton, Montreal nope. Washington. Top three reception leaders on the team. Oh, okay. Okay? Okay. Jerry Judy a Sutton, Greg Dulcich. Continuity is important in a passing game. Last year, those guys were not on the same page. They didn't know each other on the field. You know, the more reps you get between a receiver and a, and a quarterback, the more you become symbiotic. Chemistry. Yes, and you don't have to commu- – a lot of stuff goes unspoken. You feel the same thing. You're in the right spot. You know where he likes to throw the ball. You know how he how his balls come at you. Mm, dude, do you ever. Are they pointed down? Or are they pointed up? Or are they spinning fast? You're going to know. You're going to know. How are those balls flying? You're going to know. The more, the longer you play with each other, the more you know. Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Greg Dulcich, the core members of this pass-receiving team are back again this year. I think that's a huge boost and boon for this offense, and it's going to make Russell Wilson look better. Because let's face it, last year, although Russell didn't have a great year, guys weren't making plays out there for him. There weren't any special catches happening. There weren't any 5-yard catches turned into 75-yard touchdowns like there are on a lot of other teams. You're going to see more of that this year
1: because of the chemistry with these guys. Mm. And that's going to help Russell look a lot better. I think it's more than the chemistry though. I think it's the offense. The play I think caught. it's the scheme. Yeah. Payton. I mean, look, we've seen what do you what do you want? What what percentage would you put on the amount of offense we've seen from Sean Payton so far what like 20% of what he's going to bring to the table? What do you mean by that? I mean, like, uh, the amount of his offense that we've seen in the preseason. The amount of Yeah, his like, offense. yeah. It, it's not like he's opening up the playbook. It's not like he's bringing out, you know, the gems in the back of the playbook.
0: No, but he answered a question similar to that earlier this week, and he said it's not opening up the playbook. It's <laughs> trying to find an angle that's going to help the quarterback see what's going on with the defense and put him in a good position. I don't uh-huh. think he's going to come up with some crazy plays. You know what I'm saying? It's what we've, what we've seen from Sean Payton is basically what we're going to see. Okay, so we are seeing more than 20%. Dressed up a little differently. 80%. 80 I don't know. But I agree with you that the play calling is going to matter. The system is going to help Russell Wilson. Their reliance, hopefully, on a running attack. Although, the first three preseason games, they threw the ball more than they ran it. You know, my partners on the Players Club assured me that they're going to be a run-first team and they're going to run the ball more than they pass. They're not. They're, in fact, throwing the ball like two-thirds of the time, and that's going to be the case. It's the NFL in 2023. Every team throws the ball. Exactly. Uh, But do you think this offense is going to look better than last year? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, it already looks better. How much better? 80? (laughs) Significantly. (laughs) 20%? Significantly better. I do. It's just going to look more cohesive. It's going to look like there's a plan. I think Russ is going to be able to be more mobile, first of all, and I know how much you love Russ getting out in the run, breaking
0: out of the pocket. I. I like it when he does it decisively and he gets down without getting hurt. Well, I think we've and seen he more of that. And
1: he doesn't tear his hamstring just running to the sideline. I like, you know, that. I think we've seen more of that where he's just been quicker with some of those reads. And I know you'll agree that if you're quicker with your reads to tuck and run, you have a better chance of running without getting injured. But if you're running oh, yeah. late in the pocket, which is, I think, what we saw him attempt to do last year, but he had a few extra LBs, so he definitely wasn't as fleet of foot as he's been in the past. Yep. If you can have that as a as an as a critical element of your offense, along with the with the run game, along with being able to set up the pass off of the run with the play action game. You know, play action use rate last year for the Broncos, thirty-first in the league, second worst. Really? We were sold the Shanahan wide zone. We were sold all of that, the boot game. We never saw it because they couldn't execute it. Yep. We've seen them execute it at a much higher level in preseason already. Real quick before we give our picks, who's the lead back on Sunday. Who has the most yards on the ground? The most yards on the ground? Probably Javante. Javante, I give him credit, man. Looks damn good. He looks really good. I think it's gonna be Samaje P. Ryan.
0: Okay. Yep. Uh but hey, discerning minds can disagree. Mm. Um time to do our picks. Our Broncos pick is powered by King Supers. Hometown grocer, grocer, grocer. Hometown team. The official grocery grocery sponsor of the Denver Broncos. Groker. Groker.
1: (laughs) Chad Groker? Groker. Um, Okay. Broncos, Raiders, who you got, Matt? What's the score? Broncos 27-24. I think this is a really close game. I think it could even come down to who has the ball last. I just think that Sean Payton isn't losing his home debut, and he's going to start this thing off on a good note. Think about how the vibes will be around here on Monday if the Broncos are one to zero. You snap the streak to the Raiders. You've already started to move out of the the shadow that has covered this town for so oh, so long. And real quick, how about the Buffs? Shh, buffs. See, uh, see, see, when you do it like that, twenty-four, you're, no, no, you're, you're biased. You're biased. You're biased. You're biased. You're biased. Fine, thirty-seven twenty-four, Colorado. I think they come out, but I think Nebraska is able to run the ball a little bit. I think Nebraska will look better than they looked against Minnesota. However. The vibes, mm. the vibes are just too immaculate. Believe it, believe when, it, believe it. When Coach Prime comes out of that tunnel behind Ralphie, I mean, I'm gonna have every hair on my body, every last single fiber of hair is gonna be standing. You up. sure it's I not even gonna be Ralphie? believing it. Ralphie coming out behind Prime. What if Prime comes out on top of Ralphie? <sighs> Goosebumps. I got a question. Chicken skin. Does Ralphie come out with a big ass chain? No, no, he does not. She, please have a little respect. She, she. <laughs> Nope, no change for Ralphie. All right, so you give me your Broncos and Raiders and yep, your Buffs so, and Huskers predictions, mate. I think the
0: Buffs are going to win. I do think the Buffs are going to win. Are uh, Are you lying are, to me? No, I don't. Uh, do you, I don't do think, you believe? I do believe. Okay. 38-21. There you go. Yeah. Um, and then the Broncos are going to win also. And they're going to win 28-13. I don't believe in the Raiders. I think this wow. is a bad team. They're also in disarray. They all hate their coach. Like, hate this dude. Okay? Josh McDaniels has zero respect from this team. Their defense got worse. Their offense, they're sh- shipping away weapons. I think the Broncos have a chance them to actually uh, put their boots on the Raiders' faces and, and twist. Boot, boot face? Boot face. Wow, a face of boots. 28-13, Broncos. That's it for us. Hey, thanks for filling in. You're Always gonna, a pleasure. You're going to be in a couple days next week as I'll well. I'll see you next week, pal. Vanilla Sky. Go Not watch great. it. <laughs> that's, it uh, that's it for us on the Players Club. Stick around. Stokely and Zach, they're next.